Welcome to the one, the only, Motherhood in Hollywood. Today's episode is sponsored by Bumby Box. Bumby Box is a better way to play. Bumby Box is an eco-friendly toy subscription service that sends curated toys to your door so you and your family can create special memories together. And one cool thing about Bumby Box, when you get this box of toys, you can rest easy and rest assured knowing that they are free of chemicals and harmful plastics because they are fully sustainable toys. They've also been specifically chosen for your child's interest and age level. So that can give a lot of peace of mind for parents who sometimes don't know what to play with, where it's coming from. Bumby Box can help you with that. Go to BumbyBox.com and enter the code M-I-H-O-O-D at checkout and you'll get 10% off from Motherhood in Hollywood and Bumby Box, a better way to play. Come on, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hello, happy MIH Monday. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. This is my show. Thank you for joining me. Um, what can we talk about today in the mommy monologue? What's happening? Well, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, I hope you guys, whatever you have going on for this week is very fun and involves some kind of liquory beverage. (laughs) I'm hoping that as well. Uh, and I want to really quickly do a little bit of house cleaning, a little bit of uh, self promotion. Um, I have a brand new podcast. If you haven't heard of it yet, it's called booze and phasers and it's with my friend Claudia Dolph and Audrey Kearns. And it's just, uh, it's just twice a month and we get together and we drink and we talk about Star Trek. That's basically it. We make up a little Star Trek themed boozy drink and we talk about our love, our mutual love for Star Trek. So if you want to check that out on iTunes, you can, it's called booze and phasers. If you're, if you're into that, if you're not, you can just skip it, just skip it. Also this week I had the opportunity to go and see, or I should say this past week I had the opportunity to go and see Alice through the looking glass, which was really cool. A special screening, uh, Disney. It was at the El Capitan theater, but it was from Disney and, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And then Wonderwall, which I don't know if you're familiar with, an entertainment website, um, invited me to go and do a Facebook live chat with them, which was so much fun. And I did it um, to talk about Alice through the looking glass and, you know, why everybody was hating on it. There's so many reviewers that are just hating it. Like, it's terrible. And um, what you should be, you know, hating on is all of these accusations that are coming out of Johnny Depp. What the hell do we think this is planned? Like the timing of this is so strange. If you didn't read about it, it's Johnny Depp's wife. Um, Amber Heard is filed for divorce like a day before, uh, his new movie was released and accused him of abuse and had these pictures come out where she'd clearly been, um, you know, hit in the face or, or something had happened. And I was just kind of surprised that, you know, this is not something we've ever heard about Johnny Depp before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm trying to reserve judgment until all of the facts have been brought to light, but it just, the timing of it seems very suspicious, right? At his, um, 
when his movies release. So hmm, think about that. And real quick over on Twitter, I want to say welcome to a couple of new Twitter followers we have at Way Crunchy. Hello. Thanks for following me. And who else? Oh, Christy Sheehan and Leslie Diana. I hope I'm saying your name right. Thank you guys so much for finding MIH podcast on Twitter. You guys, you can go and do that too. MIH podcast on Twitter and then search for motherhood in Hollywood on Facebook and Instagram. And you could stay abreast of all of the happenings here at MIH podcast. Um, also I want to say, Oh, my guest today. I'm so excited. All right. So I had a really like interesting and funny discussion with my guest Morgan Shanahan. She is the parenting editor for Buzzfeed and we talk about what makes it, what are the criteria basically to make a video go viral? Uh, I've always kind of wondered that myself. I mean, obviously once it's reached the millions, you know, it's, it's an, it's a viral video, but like not only that, but who are the powers that be in the internet world that kind that can help videos get viral, that can help people's memes or posts or whatever go viral. And that's all very fascinating to me. And that's kind of what a big part of what they do at Buzzfeed is they want to be in the middle of all of the buzz, what everyone's talking about and sort of um, be the impetus for that. We talk a lot about that. She shares some very intimate stories and information about uh, her dealings with postpartum depression. It's something that affects a lot of women uh, and out seemingly out of the blue, like nobody expects it. Nobody expects to be affected by postpartum depression. And, uh, she got really intimate and really heartfelt with that. So I'm, I'm so grateful for her, for, uh, sharing that side of, of what happened during her pregnancy. And, um, we also had a lot of fun talking about celebrities and, um, uh, mutual adoration of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Oh my God, he's Mary Man. Stop it. Um, so make sure, yeah, so this is a really great episode. Make sure you continue to listen. I started to say check it out, but obviously that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> uh, and as far as everything goes in my world, Channing is now going to be home with me for a few weeks because summer school doesn't start for a few weeks. Uh, and I find myself kind of going, uh, what the hell are we going to do? <clears throat> all day, every day. Cause at least before I would get like, she goes to preschool a couple of days a week and I would get a few hours to do podcast stuff, to take a shower, you know, sometimes leave my house and uh, just get lots of things done. And now that she's going to be home, I'm kind of like, um, I need ideas. I find myself like looking at Pinterest, like, what can I make? Let's make a tree. We can make a Pinterest tree, right? Uh, I'm trying to come up with ideas for her playroom. It's all like this really dark wood paneling and it's hard to decorate wood paneling. Uh, I don't necessarily want to paint over it. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't necessarily want to paint over it because it's a massive amount of, of wood paneling. So we're calling it, we call it the playroom, but also it's kind of like a forest. Like that's what I want to do. I would like to transition it into like a forest kind of room, maybe put up some fake trees and some greenery, but I don't know how that will look. I'm so bad at crafts. I'm terrible at making things. So I'm afraid it might just end up looking like this dark and creepy room. <laughs> like, here you go. Go and play this scary room mom made for you. Love ya. Um, arts and crafts is definitely not my strong point. As far as like um, acting, glo- uh, acting goes, I've gotten some really great suggestions on acting classes. But you know what frustrates me as an actor 
in LA and as a parent that there are not any acting classes that offer childcare. Have you noticed that if you're an actress or, or a, if you're a actor, dad, actor, mom, actor, dad, there are no classes in Los Angeles where that also have childcare. And I'm so shocked by this. It's 2016. And you would think that by now people would go, Oh, there are families and actors by their nature. We all have sort of freelance lives. So a lot of people are at home and able to take classes during the day or even, you know, most of them in the evening. So it just surprises me that there's no acting studios that have, um, have childcare. If you know of any, or if you've heard of any, let me know. I'm actually going to reach out to some of my actor teacher friends and find out why. <laughs> what, what the hell? Cause I would come to your class. Absolutely. If you had, you know, for a couple of hours, if you had childcare and I would pay for it. So something to think about acting teachers. Hmm. Um, all right. So I want to right away get to this interview with Morgan Shanahan. I loved talking to her. It was so much fun. She's such a chill and cool mom. And I think you guys are really going to love it as well. So here's my interview with Buzzfeed parenting editor, Morgan Shanahan. And I'm a mom and I'm a writer and... Recently, I've become a bit of a video performer. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's unexpected. That's totally something new for you. Totally new for me. Um, okay, you guys. So before uh, we get to, before I get too inside of Morgan's head, I should tell you um, who I'm talking to today. It's Morgan Shanahan. She is um, editor-in-chief extraordinaire of BuzzFeed. Mm. No? no. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Senior editor. <laughs> I'm just going to make, I'm just going to give you that title extraordinaire. Ben Smith won't mind if, yeah. if I just take his editor-in-chief title. Do That'll it. be fine. Um, here on Motherhood in Hollywood, we can just name people whatever we want. I love that. I've decided. It's your show, man. Yay. Um, and I also want to tell you guys, Morgan and I are having some wine, <clears throat> so you know good times are ahead. Also, Woo. having um, the short time I've known Morgan, I feel like she's also like me, where she will just not hold back. No. And tell it like it is, which I appreciate. So cheers to you. Thank cheers you for coming you. on the show again. Thank you for Yay. having me on your show. So I want to talk to you. Let's just start with BuzzFeed right okay. off the bat, um, because I, the videos you put out are hilarious. Um, the list you're doing, all of that stuff are so Thank great. You. So how did it come about that you're working at BuzzFeed? Um, okay, so I was not looking for a job. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when BuzzFeed comes calling, you answer. Totally. Kind of. You know, so I, um, I heard that BuzzFeed was looking to start a parenting vertical. Uh, they were looking for a parenting editor. Mm -hmm. And I jumped on it. And... It was a very – I was not – I mean, I had my own site, the818.com, which was my how I made my living for five years. Wow. So I had no intention of, of leaving that behind, but this opportunity just felt like where I wanted to be. And it was an immediate, like, click with everybody who I now work with, and it just – I couldn't have asked for, like, a better transition into the – traditional working world which is not that traditional i mean i have fire no, engine I would red not hair think of buzzfeed as like a <laughs> traditional place to work out it seems like everyone is super hip and like very cool mm -hmm. like i probably very probably, 22 very 22 i feel like they i would go in and they'd be like please go back to jc penny ma'am you do not belong are you lost that's what they would say to me and i'd be like i am lost actually <laughs> Where is we call ourselves the olds there the olds what are you like 29 Oh my God, I love you. Yeah. I'm 34. Oh, 
but anyone over 30 were like the olds oh the the olds yeah BuzzFeed is very young. They skew very young. It's very hip. You, you guys have to be on top of the current, you know, chatter of social media all the time. How is that different when you're talking about mom stuff? You know what? That for me was seamless. Or parenting's not because much I have been a part of the parenting online community mm-hmm. for going on seven and a half years. So it was so natural to me to take what was just like sort of my friend feed but happened to be all of these really talented writers and bloggers and content creators and transfer that over and start just showcasing some of that stuff on BuzzFeed. You right. know, I, I feel like the the community that I'm part of online is has their fingers so on the pulse that something comes through my feed mm-hmm. almost, you know, it's like, Chewbacca mom will come through my feed. Oh, I was hoping you'd bring up Chewbacca mom because oh if you God. didn't, I was going to. Well, we have to talk about that in a she's, second. She's so went six. Did you see my post that I put on Facebook that I was like, God damn it, oh. if one more person compares me to this fat lip mom. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, stop. You should, be, you should be Chewbacca mom. And I'm like, uh. But also just as an actor, I'm insanely jealous of the fact that this lady got in her car with a stupid mask and went viral and was instantly on the Today Show on James Corden has reached a level of notoriety that I, as Heather Brooker, may never see. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. My friend Jeff was like, oh, now don't you feel dumb for taking all those acting classes (laughs) and like getting all those headshots and everything. And this bitch is like way more famous. And I'm like, I do feel bad. It really hurts my soul. But I think here's the thing about that because it's like, you know, I, I, I'm down with Chewbacca mom. I feel like Chewbacca mom. I'm actually like proud of her because she like had this incredible thing happen and Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, she got a publicist. She's smart. It's insane. Like she's smart. She was on James Corden. She's good. Damn, Candace yeah. Payne. Damn, yeah. damn, Candace. Because this is not her. This is not her first rodeo, and that's what I found out. Oh, is it not? No, she oh, audi- she's auditioned for The Voice a few times. Oh. She's trying to be famous. So this was not. And also, I read on her post a few, uh, like maybe within an hour or two of it first being posted, that she was like, "Oh, I hope this goes viral," you know. And uh, she, so she knew, interesting, going into it, mm-hmm. what she was doing. So that's for very me, interesting. That that does color it actually i mean bringing it back to buzzfeed i think that's something that like we're pretty cautious about in our coverage is if we feel like there's viral intent if Uh, we feel like somebody's put their kid in a situation that they are trying to get attention for we pass on those stories because like where will the world end up if we're all Absolutely. just you know like see okay now I'm actually really glad to hear you say that because I wonder sometimes where's the barometer and who's making the decisions on all right am I gonna help this you know train keep on going with right. this, what this crazy person is doing or you know or you could find a nugget like the Chewbacca mom and go this is amazing and blast out to all the BuzzFeed followers and help her to fame yes I mean there's that is it's that much power and like how do you like is that a weird it's the most gratifying part of my job to be able to see something go mega viral and take off across the internet and be on all these different outlets because you found it somewhere Mm -hmm. and see what happens to that person's life as a result is incredible like I but they probably don't ever thank you for it. You know what? That, I'm going to say that's not true. Oh, really? So People I had the, just this morning, one of my colleagues came up to me and he was like, Morgan, I was driving to work this morning and I heard your name on the radio. 
And it's because mm-hmm. there's a, a, now a friend of mine, but was not originally a friend of mine. Her name's Kate Siegel, and mm-hmm. she has an Instagram account called Crazy Jewish Mom. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I follow. I saw your your post and about so her. So she, yeah. I, my cu- she worked with my cousin. Mm-hmm. My cousin texted me and was like, "You have to follow this girl. She's it's your mom. You have a crazy Jewish mom." <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, "My mom's not this funny, but like, <laughs> but this is hilarious." And yeah. this is a BuzzFeed post, and I put it on BuzzFeed. Right. I like sat on it for a while, you know. But I like when I eventually put it on BuzzFeed, it got three million views in a day. Wow. She got over 300,000 follows on Instagram overnight. Oh, my God. And now her book's on the New York Times bestseller list, Mother Can You Not. So every interview she does, she calls me out by name. And it's, <gasps> I, nice. I, Kate, stop doing that, seriously. Uh. But <laughs> now I'm calling you out by name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You don't want her to do that anymore? It was, it's, I just, it, to me, I feel like. She is the content creator. Yeah. She created this brilliant thing. I, I'm the lucky one who got the three million hits on BuzzFeed. I was gonna say, it. but you have the outlet to be able to do that. So, what does that feel like when something goes viral? Like, some like what is the mark of viral? Ten thousand, hundred thousand? Like, is there a mark? Um, Obviously, in the millions, but there is a mark. But for us, we look at shares more than we actually look at like views. views. Oh, okay, so. Um, for us, viral is anything over what would be a 1.6 share, which would mean that like more than 50% of your traffic is coming from shares. Okay. So I always tell people like going viral means that you're getting most of your traffic. Half of the people who right? are. Right. Half of the traffic. That, yeah. that, that half the traffic from elsewhere. So if you have 10 people that read your blog and you put up a post and 100 people read it that day, mm-hmm. it went viral because the 10 people who read it originally shared it with shared others it. who shared it with others. That's so interesting. So, you know, what is viral? I mean, at BuzzFeed, we're aiming for like at least a million but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's at BuzzFeed, you know. And yeah, just, that's but a- publishing a post on BuzzFeed, you're going to get like, 40,000 views on it Mm -hmm. so that is fascinating to me is that something you had to learn a little bit about um because I know you had your own blog the Mm -hmm. 818 which is also fantastic and a great name for a blog I'm mad that I didn't think of it first valley Um, girls for life especially in the valley I know I'm like that's like (laughs) everybody uh in LA basically um so did you know a lot about like social media marketing and and going viral and all that stuff before you went to BuzzFeed or is this something you kind of have learned been learning I mean I started as a screenwriter like Mm -hmm. I was not a blog journalism I don't I still don't call myself a journalist Mm -hmm. like blogging is sort of how I got into all of this Mm -hmm. and it was because um I started a blog because I was writing all these tv commercials and researching all these tv commercials and finding all this weird stuff on the internet and I thought oh I'll start a blog just to like put all this weird yeah. stuff in one place. Yeah. And very shortly thereafter, I got pregnant with my daughter and I was depressed during my pregnancy. And so I, I found that I couldn't really nail pitches in the way that I once could. I couldn't really do anything but write about how I was feeling. Yeah. And as it turned out, talking about not feeling great during pregnancy was something that a lot of women related to right so it just sort of naturally turned into first the audience grew and then I just sort of naturally monetized it because I had to I was yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I had I did not have experience on this level of exposure and that has been a crazy learning curve yeah I had had things go viral off of my own blog mm-hmm. but 
you know. BuzzFeed just seems like it's a totally different level. What I put out there, like, now, I mean, at least, like, 12 to 14 million people a month are seeing. That's crazy. My content. So it is a totally different animal from, like, the 250,000 people that were seeing it when I was right freelancing and writing right. on my own site. So what I'm wondering, then, is feeling that you knowing that you have this massive audience that's going to see your post are you worried that you're going to spell something wrong um all the time <laughs> and grammar is really scary grammar is really it's like scary. the scariest thing in the world and like if you do god forbid oh spell god. something wrong it's definitely going to be called out in the comments like 27 times like just <sighs> thank you th- i want to i want to thank the buzzfeed commenters for proofreading everything that i've ever written <laughs> And <laughs> tweeting me if I ever make a typo. It's really, it's fantastic oh to know that you guys God. are so invested. Would I, I would just, that kind of pressure for me, because I literally will agonize over, does this need a hyphen? Um, does this need to be italicized? Like, those are the kinds of things that take me days to publish a post. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've just published something on Alice Through the Looking Glass, and I literally spent hours poring over it, and it was, like, three paragraphs. Well, when I, w- when I would write on the 818, like, I just didn't care. And Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I, I just would write how I would write. Yeah. But it's a little bit different at BuzzFeed. I mean, we have copy editors, and we yeah, have, yeah, like, yeah. final reviews. And so hopefully there's not grammatical mm-hmm. errors by the time it makes it to publish but it definitely happens yeah. and when it happens the they let you know so that reminds <laughs> i want to talk to you about the trolls yes because there are some nasty mother truckers Horrible. oh my god what's wrong with people why do they think they can go on and be so nasty on the internet you know it's the question that may not ever be answered but god I, it pisses me off i once read an article in psychology today that said that internet trolls have like the same DSM checkboxes as narcissists, sociopaths, and there's something else. Is there a third like personality mm-hmm. disorder that? Oh, sadists. Sadists. So, you they know, just I th- enjoy inflicting I th- pain and humiliation. Yeah, I think that these are people who, like, the first time I ever got a mean comment, it was from someone who told me on my website that. I did not deserve to be nominated for an award. And that person didn't know that I was five weeks postpartum. I mean, they knew I was five weeks postpartum, but they didn't know that I was in the throes of postpartum depression. They didn't know that the reason I wasn't posting to my blog was because I couldn't get up off the floor. Um, And they just looked, they they had a picture of what my life was based on what they read on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to realize, I think everyone needs to realize that like nobody is putting 100% of themselves nobody on is. the internet. Nobody. And I share a lot on the internet and I'm still maybe putting 10% of my life out there. Right. You know, so it's like nobody is sharing everything. And I just remember thinking, wow, like this person thinks I have a better life than they do. So what does their life look like? Yeah sad like and that's kind of how I always try to approach trolls is like wh- where are you emotionally that you want to tear someone apart like this yeah and then it helped that it makes does it make you feel better I think it does I think it genuinely people feel empowered by it because look at you know um tv shows have been brought back on the air celebrities have been be- you know brought mm-hmm. on bended knee mm-hmm. to apologize for something they've done or haven't done or whatever 
because of the power of the internet and people going, how dare you? Fuck you. And all this stuff. Like it's terrible. Some of the things people put online and, and the reactions they get from it. I mean, what I think is incredible is just that like, nobody would say this shit to your face. No, of course not. No. I mean, we laugh at work because we all have a job that we're told we're terrible at every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, someone says, I can't believe you got paid for this. Somebody says, like, you're a hack writer. Of Somebody said, you know, if, if I don't get a, like, you just convinced me not to have children. Thanks, BuzzFeed. My name is BuzzFeed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, BuzzFeed. Thanks, BuzzFeed. Um, if, if that doesn't happen, I have not done my job. For yeah. Today. You know? know, like, it's just, like, inevitable that the oh hate will God. come. And... It, at first, it was hard. at first it was a learning curve. I had to really like lock down the settings on a lot of my social media stuff because people yeah. were coming to my wall and posting things on pictures on of my your daughter personal, like, on my personal Facebook page. Oh, see, that worries me. That's what I try to be, you know, keep it privacy kind of. Yeah, on. now it's locked down. Now you yeah. can't you can't do that. You can't just you can come follow me and see my public posts, right? But you can't just look through my photos and leave right. comments on my child's baby pictures yeah um, were people being nasty about that oh they, that when they want to be nasty they find a way to get to you you know i yeah. think they f- i think that when someone really gets worked up about something you've said mm-hmm. and honestly if, if people aren't worked up like it wasn't worth publishing you yeah. know like if everyone just loves it it it, it do you think that that's part of the driving force before like BuzzFeed and social media stuff is to get a reaction out of people, whether it's good or bad? I think it's, I think it's to incite an emotion in people. Yeah. You know, I think that like, that's what makes the internet tick. People share things that make them feel something, make sure. them feel smart, make them feel funny, yeah. make them feel you know happy like the whatever yeah mom. like the Chewbacca mom right. exactly you know like they, they everyone's feel joy. like this is the most magical thing I've seen thank you internet for bringing me joy but like I have a question for you mm-hmm. why is she called Chewbacca mom I think because she's a mom right and she put on the Chewbacca mask but why isn't she just like Chewbacca lady or Chewbacca woman um I think probably because she's been telling everyone, oh, hey, Coles, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't have a lot of money, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm excited to buy this mask. So everyone just sort of goes, oh, mom. I'm obviously very bitter, so I'm not a good person to ask. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so mad because I'm like, that could have been me. Uh, my friend Jill Simonian was like, why don't you do like the opposite version? You do Darth mom, Darth oh Victor mom. Oh, my God, mom. hilarious. And I was like, battling moms. Um, I think because she told everybody that she was – a mom and also Chewbacca mom sounds fun and cool mm-hmm. it has a nice mm-hmm. ring to it I just like that is that is my and Chewbacca it's probably because of the it. amount of time I spend talking yeah. about and thinking about motherhood but I'm just like why are we attaching mom to the end of everything mm. or or at the beginning like, well, why are we like mompreneurs and like mompreneurs I saw on today on the today show today there was some lady on there talking about the mind of the mompreneur I don't know if it was a book she was pimping or what because I couldn't um I didn't hear all of it but mm-hmm. She was talking about the mind of the mompreneur. And I think because mommy bloggers are becoming so powerful and, and so influential Mm -hmm. in their, uh, with their followers and their devotees that, uh, putting the word mom on something really does like motherhood in Hollywood. The reason Mm -hmm. I named it that is because I wanted to be able to talk about stuff 
with my daughter, but also talk about stuff that I'm interested in, in the world of entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I put motherhood in front of it that way. Also it rhymed. Um, and I liked that cause I'm a nerd. <laughs> it looks really I'm good on the logo. And it looks great on the logo. <laughs> um, but also I don't think anyone would give two rats ass if I was like, it's Heather in Hollywood. Right. Like I don't think anybody right. would care. No. So. And I totally, I mean that aspect of it, I get, mm -hmm. you know, I think I, I, I have, because I am a mom blogger. Right. I mean, I have You been are, a mom but blogger. your blog doesn't have mom in it. it but has my blog does not have mom in it. Which is yes. great because that gives you a wide variety of topics to be able to cover. You know, you can uh, not necessarily cover everything in the 818 because no. after a while you'd be like, Jesus, I got to get out of the valley. <laughs> I got to cover something else. <laughs> um, but I want to back up even but more. But the 818 is awesome and the, the valley is cool. Awesome. And anyone who has valley hate can yeah, suck it. Suck it. <laughs> suck it, Manhattan Beach. Suck um, it, West Side. <laughs> I hate going to West LA. It is the worst. Oh my god, it's so far away. It is the so traffic far is a away. Nightmare. That's what people say to me when I'm like, I live in the valley, and they're like, ew. I well, we have a mutual <laughs> friend, Miss Laura Tremaine. I invited yes, her to, who I love to who introduced us. In yes. fact, mm -hmm. and. Um, I invited her to an event in Santa Monica at like, like oh, 7 no. p.m. one day. And she was like, Morgan, I love you. I want to support you. <laughs> but like Santa Monica, what were you thinking? Yeah, I'm not going to <laughs> like, Santa Monica for you. <laughs> I get auditions every once in a while. There's a major commercial casting office in Santa Monica. And it seems like every commercial audition that I have is at 5 o'clock on a Friday in that office oh, in Santa Monica. And I'm like, that's my whole day. Oh, well, I have to leave at noon. I have to pack a snack. It's like I'm gone until eight, nine o'clock at night. It's ridiculous. I used to have like very strict rules when I was screenwriting that I would only meet at 11 a.m. or 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> like let's let's keep in mind where we live in right? this ridiculous city. So like I wouldn't say I wouldn't be like I only meet at 11 a.m. or 3 p.m. Right. But those were but the those only were times, times I would offer people. Right. Because <laughs> otherwise yeah. I was spending so much of my day in the car. In the car. It's like insane. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about your screenwriting a little bit. Did you move out here to be a screenwriter? I was born here. Oh, you're. Oh, that's right. I think I remember you telling me that you're a native. I am a native. Yes. And you still are like I was the born in the eight one eight, Heather. What? I am a valley girl for life. For life. So then, like, totally. what made you go? Oh, now I'm gonna get into this crazy business they call show. Um, I wanted to make movies from the time I was ten years old. I decided mm -hmm. I was going to NYU Film School when I won a video camera on a game show. Oh. What game I, show? It was called Pick Your Brain. Mark Summers was the host. Oh, was it like a Nickelodeon? I don't remember. It wasn't on Nickelodeon, but if actually if you go to YouTube and you look for Pick Your Brain, my episode is on there, and it's like one of the few episodes that's on there. It's pretty funny. And you won a video camera. That's amazing. And I won a video camera. And then I saw the movie Reality Bites when I was like 12, right? And so then mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a documentarian. Lelena, I'm Lelena. Mm -hmm. And I took my video camera to like my summer camp, and I like made a documentary about like what what – the youth of America wanted to do with their lives. <laughs> That's fantastic. Which would be amazing if I could find that tape actually yeah. now and track those people down. Oh then I would God. have a documentary. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I was like, this is it. I didn't consider anything else. I applied to one school. I went to NYU. That was the only place I got in because that was the only place I applied. Whoa, like talk about uh, Hail Mary there. Jeez. <clears throat> wow. A serious Hail Mary. Um, 
You can have some more wine, by the way. Yeah. If you sorry, wanna. I'm coughing. It's just That's fine. I do that sometimes. It happens. I'm a human being. <laughs> You're. A, I'm a real person. I'm a real live person. I literally hack and cough on this podcast sometimes. I swear to God, people are probably like, "Is she, does she have the croup? Like, what is wrong with her?" So, I did a Facebook Live yesterday, and I kept having to like oh, to oh. turn and like. I was like, "Oh God." That's all horrible. the rage too. I just did one today for Wonderwall, and that was a lot of fun. I talked about Alice through the Looking Glass, and that's like all the rage now. I wonder. It makes me wonder if people are going to stop doing periscope mm-hmm. and just do facebook live i don't know are i they, think it could be i mean facebook live i feel like is really it's taking off it's, it's taking off in a major well so buzzfeed had like the first major event on facebook live which mm-hmm. was the watermelon i don't know if you if you saw the watermelon okay so we put we put rubber bands around a watermelon <laughs> why waited, waited for it to explode which it did it what from the pressure. How many? Oh, you just, oh, I thought I was thinking just like one or two. No, and I was no, like, no, I no. Feel like There were like more. two people. <laughs> oh, and they were just kept In putting, like full like hazmat gear, like putting just, rubber bands around a watermelon. Oh my God. Um, so actually when Chewbacca mom, Chewbacca mom, yeah. she, she unseated us as, as the most viewed Facebook oh, live event. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy, which is that that's what the internet is amazing for. That right. like a random person can get on their not huge Facebook account mm-hmm. and end up with more reach than BuzzFeed, right. which has 10 million followers on Facebook. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Um, you were talking about, oh wait, well there was two, there was two things. We were talking about your screenwriting and your movie reality bites. Oh, how I, how I got there. Right. Okay. So yeah. So I went to NYU film school and I came back to LA like the day I finished my thesis film. And um, I got a job on a pilot yeah. as a PA. It was called Arrested Development. Okay, I've never heard of it. No, Sounds no like one a has. terrible show. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I decided that TV wasn't for me. You hated it that so much? I or what? Well, I like actually liked it, but I just really wanted to be, I wanted to make movies. You were like, I'm going to be a I'm filmmaker. I'm going to be a filmmaker. I got mean, it. you go to NYU and they like shove a tour up your ass so hard. You yeah. can't, you know. So, yeah. um, so, I decided that I was going to go get like the agency job and I ended up working at a management company for several years and it was crazy town. Like managing actors? Yeah. Or writers? Actors and writers. Oh and my God. Please tell me stories about asshole actors. Oh my, my God. Well, I don't even know what I can tell. Like crazy famous people. That's my favorite. I always feel weird about that. I have some good ones though. I you do could have like some say their ones. names rhyme with. <laughs> 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 or you could tell me off mic I'll t- I'll and I will not tell anyone but w- well once because I sometimes will promise my guests that we can have secrets and then yeah. people listen. We'll talk about go, it. I'll <laughs> tell you who had to drive me home when I got so drunk at a party I almost passed out <gasps> and had to drive my car and oh my God, that's told fun. me it smelled like hamsters and then oh. ended up having like a super big hit TV show that's still on the air like 10 years later was it Bill Cosby Okay. Oh God. <laughs> did you get? Is that too you soon? <laughs> I, are you making a massive confession right now that you were the seventy fifth victim of Bill Cosby? It was not allegedly Bill Cosby, oh, and he was a perfect gentleman. All right, I made it through the front door before I vomited. All right, so you are definitely gonna have to tell me. That. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell so you. So you worked as a manager managing crazy actors, crazy actors, and crazy writers, and crazy directors, and. I just thought, wow, what a fucking racket screenwriting is, man. Like, these guys don't even have to leave their house. Yeah. They make a lot of money. Um, And I had kind of shot my wad on my student film, which was like, you know, I spent all the money I had. You did? Oh, okay. And 
I spent the money I won on the game show, as a matter of fact, <laughs> to bring that full circle. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's so hard to be a filmmaker, as you know. It's mm-hmm. so hard to work in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. I was working at an A-list management company that produced tons of stuff that continues to be a major player. Right. And I was nominated for a DGA award for my short film, and not one fucking person there watched it, nor did <gasps> they show up to the film festivals that I was at. Wow. So years later, when I started to have some success with writing – they were very confused about why I didn't bring them my work first, why I didn't give them the opportunity to represent me, oh, that's why I would be at Endeavor and not have called them. And it was yeah. like, no, you you treated you me didn't. really shitty. I, yeah. I don't want to be seen as the assistant that, you know... Hey, friends, I want to tell you a little bit more about Bumby Box. Bumby Box is a better way to play. So you want to go to bumbybox.com to find out how you can get these cool boxes of toys and activities and songs and reading lists delivered right to your door every month. No need to go to Toys R Us. No need to spend time toiling around on Amazon when you can have all of these toys delivered right to your door and know that they've been specifically chosen for your child. So immediately you're going to love them. That's what happens when Channing gets her box every month. We can't wait to see what's inside and she can start playing. And don't forget to enter the code M-I-H-O-O-D when you check out and you will get 10% off of your order. Not a bad deal, guys. Am I right? You are right. Go right now to BumbyBox.com and find out why BumbyBox is a better way to play. I don't think that... um, people in Hollywood or even people in this industry when they are being assholes sometimes Mm -hmm. I truly don't think they realize that they're being assholes no and I I do get that I think they think oh well I threw you a bone with this thing so you should do it for me I mean I had someone say to me well it was different you know I know that I know that literally I know that your script was sitting on my desk for two years but (laughs) you were my assistant and I saw you as my assistant Oh, well, go fuck yourself then. And I'm you like, don't. all right, well, you should have run that script because yeah. now someone's buying it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> sorry, you missed out. And that's what kills me, too, is that, and something I'm learning a lot about is the hierarchy of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That should be the title of my next book. Oh, my God, it's really good. Or my first book, whichever. Um, uh, if you're, uh, as you know, if you worked on set, the background actors mm-hmm. are, got treated like garbage. The mm-hmm. PAs are garbage. That's why everything, all the shit rolls down. Rolls you know? right downhill. And the difference, because I worked, I did background for a while when I first came out here just to see what was going on on set mm-hmm. to like, you know, educate myself and all of that. I've never been treated so poorly in my life. And I kept thinking, why do people do that? Like there are people, professional people that do background as for a living. And then when I booked my first speaking part on a TV show, it was like night and day. Heather, what can I get for you for breakfast? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm fine. And they're like, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it for you. And I'm like, no, I'll get it. It's okay. Like I didn't want to bother anybody. Yeah. Like I was so, it was well, so your condition, ingrained right? in yeah, me. Yeah. To absolutely. not um, upset anybody or, or you know, um, oh, no, no, I'm fine. Like belittle myself somehow because I was just an actor on set. Yeah. And I do not think that now. That doesn't mean I go in guns blazing every time I get to go and do on set, but I certainly have a lot more confidence in myself. And I know that I'm bringing something to the table, but it just goes to show that no matter where you are, whether you're a screenwriter, whether you're a script assistant, your story editor, whatever your level is in this town, 
there's somebody that's, you know, top dog and Mm -hmm. there's a definite hierarchy in the way they treat people. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I was still an assistant when I started getting attention as a screenwriter. I was a director's assistant and I worked for like an incredible mentor director who Mm -hmm. was super, super supportive of me writing, which I honestly like could not have done it without him saying, was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Okay. Saying like, go ahead and you know, go off and do that pitch today or whatever. But I had the hardest time making that transition because then you'd, you'd go from like getting people water to like getting in your car, driving over to Paramount, getting out and another assistant is now Asking. Hi Morgan. Hi, yeah. They'll be right out. Can I get yeah. you a water, a coffee, a tea? Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh my god, I was it's getting coffee this up. literally this morning. I yeah. got someone coffee, and now you're getting me coffee. Like, and you don't realize that I'm you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it really. I it was really eye opener for me to see why celebrities get so out of touch, mm-hmm. and these big directors and producers get so out of touch with, um, their behavior. Because everybody is so like, well, lapdog, what yes. can I get for you? What can I get for you? And it really is like that. And it's shocking to me that then they're making millions of dollars on top of that. And they're, you know, getting treated this way. That's not to say I'm not looking forward to that someday. No, absolutely. When I'm a huge, famous star. But. <laughs> some, of, some of my favorite people are are huge, famous stars. Right. And, you know, there's. Even when you want to be in touch, mm-hmm. I think there's like a level of like you cannot, you, you cannot be in touch. You no. know, there's, there, you can, you can, I've heard, I, I feel like Gwen Stefani said this, that you like f- freeze mentally when you become famous. <laughs> like she will be like 17, be 17 forever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because that's where people start treating you totally different so you yeah, you, you lose the that. life experience yeah. so i think what does that wherever- say about child actors then those kids that have been doing this since they were eight like is that why leo isn't married yet do we think maybe because he got famous he started getting famous when he was like 10 12. maybe he doesn't want to get married you know maybe he's gay have you maybe. heard that have you heard this rumor? i've definitely heard that rumor why do we why does everyone think that because he's not married at 40 something like, I, I mean, I think it's fine. He's Leo, you know. He like, can do whatever. I, I also feel like it's just real hard for for big A list celebrities to maintain relationships. Yeah, and I don't blame them if they. I mean, obviously, I think that you should, you know, throw caution to the wind and go for the love of your life. But I don't find it surprising that people would be cautious about that. Sure. Was Leo the one that said you smell like a hamster? No. <laughs> would you tell me if he was? I would. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was my first friend on MySpace. Oh, my God. I love him so much. So That's a good one that I feel like is totally, like, clean and, and good to He share. seems like such a nice, he's a very nice genuine person. person. I yes. think it's because he's Canadian. He's very Canadian. I just, there are... Uh, Except I just bumped into him. I, I went to the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. And I saw him there for the first time in years. And I was like, oh, you can't place me. But I wasn't going to tell him who I was because oh, it was kind of no. fun. It was kind of fun. because he Was Was like, he like, I know you from somewhere? He or? We were talking like, hi, big hug. How are you? But I was like, oh, he doesn't know. Oh, no, that's so <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's which, my fear. Which maybe he did. And he just like couldn't pull my name out or something. And but he's like, no, no, no. I know you. But my friend, my, oh, my mentor my was like, well, what? Did you tell him? You know, where were they, we worked together, blah, blah. And I was like, no, because it was so funny to me. <laughs> oh, my God. You're evil. I love it, though. I love that you totally Sorry, fucked Ryan. with Ryan Reynolds. 
Also, I'd love you think Ryan Reynolds you know is what? listening to my right? podcast. Ryan Reynolds used to fuck with me a lot when we worked together, so oh, I don't wait, feel bad. So did about you work it. together um, at the management company? No, or? we worked together when I was a director's assistant. Oh, okay. We did a movie together. You did a movie together. Mm-hmm. Was it Just Friends? No. All right. It was. It was shot in Canada on location. All right. But it was not just friends. I'm, it was I called was, Chaos Theory. It's not a secret. Oh, okay. It's not. It I, was, know, I was like, I'm trying to guess. It's like, on Netflix. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm in it. If you look at it, I, I have. It's my only like. You have a little cameo. Experience is that I have. Oh my god, that's so funny. I'm like a, a, a featured extra in the opening scene. Um, I. I'm pouring the tequila. If you're Netflixing it right now. If you're Netflixing <laughs> it right now, do it. Uh, I am a I. I've always liked Ryan Reynolds, and I just saw Deadpool, like everyone else in the world. I haven't even seen it. That's really embarrassing. It's so and I know I'm gonna love it. I mean, yeah. And he was trying to make that movie for years when I worked with him. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard it's been like a decade or something crazy long amount of time. We worked together in 2005, and he was talking about it. Wow, it's perfect for him. Like it is the perfect movie. Like this character is because he has that mouth. Yeah, the Merc with the mouth is him. Yeah. It's totally him. It was great. And it was, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's so violent. Um, and my husband wasn't sure if I would like it, but I was like, no, I liked it. But what I loved watching, um, and this is so weird, but after I, we watched it, I started Googling Ryan Reynolds like you do. And um, I was like, Chris was like, yeah, it's so weird that he dated Alanis Morissette. And I was like, that I was totally forgot the, about that. Time. So I Googled. I was like, why did they break up? I wonder if she wrote songs about him. And I went totally down this Google rabbit yeah, hole. Did she? <laughs> yes. She wrote songs about she him? She wrote a song about breaking up with Ryan Reynolds that I'm going to cry just right oh now thinking God. about. It literally. I mean, they were like very serious. They lived together. Yeah. They like were together for years. You should, if you get a chance, Google the song that Alanis Morissette wrote for her breakup with Ryan Reynolds. It will literally make you cry out your vagina. It's no, so, it's so sad. sad. And I was like, oh God, why did they break up? Like he broke up with this beautiful, mature, possibly crazy woman um canadian canadian and now he's well i mean he's dating this like gorgeous hot oh wait he's married he's He's been married twice since then i was gonna say i forgot he was with the other hot he married scarlett johansson and Uh, now he's married to blake lively yeah i mean i guess if you look at where can we let's talk about la face and an oakland booty for a second oh yeah yeah yeah. why were people so mad people were real mad about that so blake lively um posted this picture of her was it at the met I think at the Met Gala. Yeah. No, no, no. I I was at Cannes. At Cannes. Yeah, yeah. Because it was more recent than the Met Gala. And she uh, posted a front shot of her side by side with a back shot of her I think maybe she's pregnant. Is that true? I might have made that up. I make things up. Don't even listen. I think that he said no one listened. I am not a celebrity Um, reporter. It'll be on BuzzFeed tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Ten reasons why we think Disclosure, I am not a celebrity reporter. Um, uh, no, and she posted this thing that said Ellie face with an Oakland booty because she thought her butt looked really badonky donkey, I guess, mm-hmm. in this picture. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody was like, how dare you? You're racist. And people you know? were like, oh my God, Becky, oh my you God. are so racist. You are so <laughs> racist, which is, which is really funny. I just thought it was a funny, like, you know, she's quoting, I quote rap lyrics constantly in my life. So I would hate for someone to be like, you're racist. I just that, that I felt I felt for her when that mm-hmm. happened because I was like, wow, the song lyrics like, I don't That's know. What I'm saying. The Internet has given people I've said this before the idea that they have that their opinions matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't 
ultimately <laughs> they don't. You well, sh- I think the internet has done some beautiful things for us, mm-hmm. which is like allow us like to Chewbacca mom. Like, <laughs> like Chewbacca mom. Not better. <laughs> and the dress. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, the dress. <gasps> oh, that was the best day, actually. I stared at that for hours. I don't know how people saw white and gold. I never saw white and gold. Oh, I saw them both. I saw black and blue at first. And then as I stared at it, my husband, my husband just saw the white and gold. That's all he saw. Really? And I was like, I don't get it. And I stared at it and stared at it. As I was staring at it, I watched it change. And I was like, someone is in my mind. The Chinese have taken over through my Xbox like I knew they would. I mean, and I will verify for you. People <laughs> thought that that was a gift, but it was not. It was not a gift. It was gift. a picture. It was a straight up picture. Mm-hmm. And I understood what I read all about the retinas and all that ish. But it totally F with my mind. Um, but so, yeah. So the internet has given us some beautiful things. Like, I right. think the opportunity to connect with people that we normally would not connect with and hear from people and communities that we normally would not be exposed to. That's true. And I feel like I have grown personally as a person in a lot of ways through my internet community Mm -hmm. and having their perspectives and their life experiences, you know. So are you still doing screenwriting then? Because after you sort of went through, you know, uh, your short film and then all of the BS with the, you know... Management company, I know, all the BS. I don't know. So Hollywood is so mean, you guys. I mean, (laughs) am I doing screenwriting still? I'm still represented. I'm writing a screenplay right now. Mm -hmm. But it's about postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sell it. I want to make it. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it was. It's going to be a tough. It's yeah. Sell. Well, that would be a. It would be an impossible sell. Yeah. But um, let's not say impossible. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. It sounds like you're going to have a lot of people go. I don't know. Come on, it's like mom interrupted. Like what's not it. to love? Is that there? Is that the title? <laughs> that can't be the title. Come on, you heard it here, folks. Mom interrupted. Mom er. It should just be mom, comma er. I don't know. Like, I'm going to help. All right, I'll work on it. Okay. I'll think of other think, titles. Think about a good title. I'll think I'll about, think about other one. titles. Um, but, like, this is this is so Hollywood. This is, like, just my life. So three weeks after I started at BuzzFeed, I got a call from my manager telling me that I had sold a screenplay. What? That was seven years old. And it was for a good amount of money that I was psyched for. I was like, I'm going to buy a house. Like, That's fantastic. And we did the whole deal and, you know, went through the whole process and just like every deal I've ever had before it, it just disappeared. Oh, no. I, like literally no one knows what happened. It <laughs> just like it disappeared. Who was trying to buy it? Um, I don't know. Should I say that? Oh, it's Is that weird? You. I don't, you don't know. Say it. it was Hallmark. Hallmark. Hallmark screwed Hallmark me. Hallmark screwed you. <laughs> and you know what? All I cared about was that I really wanted... My Twitter bio to say BuzzFeed editor Hallmark movie of the week writer. (laughs) And they they robbed me of that opportunity. There's still time. But I just like when that happened, I was just like, you know what, Hollywood? I wasn't even I wasn't. Why did you come after me just to dump me again? Like, you know, I've heard that happens. Like screenwriters will get so excited. They're going to sell something. And then for whatever reason, the the I've sold the same screenplay three times. Oh, jeez. And you can't call that selling. No. Because I didn't collect any money. That makes me, honestly, <laughs> that makes me not want to write. Ever. But I've been told that we are going to buy this screenplay and had deals written up. Wow. 
three times. What about TV? TV still not appealing to you? TV is super appealing to me. Now. Oh, now yeah. so things have changed because yes, TV, so is, have because TV is so much better. Um, it's like the golden age of television. Totally. I think I should be so lucky to work in TV. Mm-hmm. I would love nothing more than to be like directing television shows and hiring Heather Brooker and hiring Heather Brooker as the star <laughs> of all of them. All of them. I want them all to be about, about labor, moms. and I want yes. Heather Brooker to get Just shot in the, the face with water every time, Please. which doesn't make sense to you, but yeah, it will. It, it will. will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's great. Honestly, TV right now is so interesting but it's not just tv i mean we say tv but really it's also netflix and hulu all the online streams yeah absolutely i think that's what i think that's Mm -hmm. what's making it so exciting is that does buzzfeed want to do like a tv channel i know they do videos but would they ever do like buzzfeed tv um buzzfeed has does that exist already it doesn't exist i don't you know i'm not that privy i'm not that privy to that stuff i want credit if it happens (laughs) Because I feel like I just came up with it. I would say that BuzzFeed is heading in that direction of becoming a fully yeah, functioning studio. I can totally see that. Um, you know, but I, 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 I don't think there's BuzzFeed TV yet. But I, I think that we will see BuzzFeed TV in the future. I think so, too. Whether it's online mm-hmm. or, like, actually in your cable box. Well, I don't think cable boxes are going to be a thing pretty soon. I'm really fascinated, too, because I'm... I work for um, local news. I've worked, mm-hmm. I've been a news producer and writer forever. And I'm really fascinated to see what is going to happen with local news in particular yeah. and cable outlets because even your show, even your networks like CBS are now saying, oh, we're releasing this new Star Trek TV show, but it's only going to be available through our online um, channels. So interesting. So Star Trek, of course, every mm-hmm. Star Trek fan is coming out of the woodwork because they want to watch it and they're all going to watch it through their um, streaming channel, of course. So to me, that says CBS. And I think CBS said that they might release it on their regular channels like in the spring of next year. So um, I'm really curious to see if that's going to start being a trend where networks are going to go, okay, we'll keep these old staples on like CSI. Jesus mm-hmm. help us. It's like going on season 30. Oh we're going to keep CSI on the air for all the old folks who still like it, but all this new content we're going to start doing online. And eventually we're all going to be like Wally. I mean, look, old people are going to die. And then who's going to buy cable? (laughs) Because cable is so expensive. It's just like, like we cut our cord because we were like, you know what we're spending? Did you really? We did. And now we do. Did you like it? Do you think it was a good choice? Yeah, it's great. I have no, it's fine. We, the shows that we cared about, we ordered the subscription Mm-hmm. For their like you know ABC yeah. app or whatever. Did you do like um, HBO Go and like do, yeah you know all that stuff? So you do all of those individually then? And it's still less than what I was paying for a Shut package. Up. I have to do that. It then. is. I'm so, getting and also such a I pick deal. and choose by season, right? So yeah. like if HBO has a show I want to watch, I'm paying for HBO Go. If it doesn't have a show I want to watch then I'm not paying, I'm paying for, for it. it. Right. So it's not like you're locked into contracts and stuff like no. that. No. I mean, which oh, I guess, you know, nice. you're kind of not really with TV either. Maybe, I, but. We, we are locked right now into an AT&T U-verse. No. AT&T U-verse? Yeah. Contract that we signed when we first got our house. Mm-hmm. And it's not up for another like seven or eight months or something. So we have to keep paying this ridiculous rate until that's over. But then I mean, AT&T, bye-bye. It's been fine. Bye-bye. I've watched every presidential debate streaming online. Yeah. I mean, all, you know, sporting Everybody's events, getting their stream, news online. It's fine, yeah. So that's what I think will happen with local news, too, is I think those websites will be 
will become the destination. You know, just like we're seeing, I think, with print magazines, that their websites are becoming more of a destination, that they're releasing content yeah. exclusively on their website. I just can't imagine a world without the local news at night, without people knowing at 6 and 10 or mm-hmm. 6 and 11 or whatever, mm-hmm. they can sit down and watch their favorite news anchors talk, tell the news of the day. I think they're just going to start to know that at 6 and 10 the episode at 6 p.m. the episode will be available yeah. and at 10 p.m. a late breaking episode will be available yeah interesting and I th- I actually think that's a good thing yeah you know because well, there's so much horrible shit on the news like I you know, know like you're not gonna offend to- me I know no I know I write about I mean, murders I'm- constantly and like people dying in fires like that's that's what I do so mm-hmm. that's why I get to come here on my podcast and talk about fun crazy ridiculous things like how dreamy Ryan Reynolds is mm-hmm. um but no yeah I totally I totally get that Pe- the news is a bummer this presidential election the whole race is this a is the scariest bummer. thing ever this is yeah. legitimately the scariest thing ever everyone <laughs> in the country is like shitting themselves right now over this election and like what is going to happen and it's terrifying so yeah I, I know you know the news is not a, a great it's not a lot of fun to watch although that being said you know I mean I love I, I love bummer <laughs> shit and I love the news so <laughs> you love bummer you know. shit <laughs> What's bit? Like- I I will read about murders all day long, and that is awesome. I mean, it's not. It's terrible. It's not- <laughs> You're like, I'm like, what? That is awesome. I love uh, murders. I will read about <laughs> murders all day long. Um, but that is actually. I mean, that is sort of you know goes back to to mm-hmm. mental health stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I think that sometimes when you're having a hard time dealing with your own issues, issues, anger, yeah, sometimes. It's a release yeah, totally. to like tune into someone else's problem. Now, because you have been through so much with, did you call it postpartum depression or was it like during your pregnancy? When were you experiencing the majority of? Um, I became depressed at about 22 weeks into my pregnancy. Really? And then I remained depressed until January of 2016. So, wow. <laughs> so it was like years of like. It was a long time. Oh, I mean, wow. I, ha- I had like, you know, moments of remission or a couple of uh-huh. months where I would feel better. But it just, I did not really get ahead of it until mm-hmm. I found the right mental health team. Yeah. Did you find that you had to medicate or was it a hormone balance thing? I am medicated. Okay. I'm still medicated. Mm-hmm. I've been medicated for five years. Mm-hmm. I've changed medications several times. To try to find what, what worked yes. and what didn't. And I will tell you that finding the right medication is life altering. Yeah. I mean, finding that was part of what happened this, you know, why I say January 2016. Well, I changed medications in January of 2016 to something that worked for me in a way that nothing has ever worked before. Mm-hmm. And I felt like. I genuinely would I would cry over my person my lost personality. I felt like I had lost the person that I was before and that I would never get that person back and that I would never be able to operate at the level of productivity that I was able to before depression. Right. Because I did not have I did not struggle with mental health issues before my pregnancy at all. Um What do you think triggered it? Do the doctors think it was something that was like Hormone related or, or, you know, because I know a lot of women go through that when they're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I was laid off from my day job uh, the week that we conceived. Oh, wow. And even though I hated it, 
And even though my screenwriting career was picking up, and even though I told myself this is great because now you can focus on screenwriting full time, it's still a job. It's still a it's a mind fuck. Yeah, it's and totally. you know, I think, I mean, by twenty two weeks, I was lying on my bathroom floor thinking, like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. what life looks like now. Like, I will never be successful. I will never make more money than I have made right now I will never move out of this apartment you know and I just felt like oh I've ruined this child's life Mm. it's not even born yet Mm. this poor child is getting this shit lot like what a nightmare um but the thing about depression is that and and specifically that like at that time for me it was so organic the things that I was telling myself felt very true so to say like oh well well I'm unemployed. So, of course, I feel like a loser. I am a loser. Mm-hmm. That's not true, you know. Right. But that was – it seemed very believable to me. So, I didn't identify it right away. Was it hard to see friends who were pregnant being so joyful and fun and, like, having the best day of time of their life? And Lucky was that- for me, nobody that I knew had kids yet. Really? <laughs> But you know what was really hard was that my best friend, my best friend had a child. Mm-hmm. She was married to an, she is married to an older guy, mm-hmm. and she thought when I became pregnant that like, oh thank God, you know we're gonna get to yeah. bond over this, right? And sh- that was a really hard thing for our relationship because she didn't yeah. understand what happened. She thought that I had just sort of disappeared disappeared she was like she said to me i just thought you didn't want to be my friend anymore yeah and i didn't know why and the reality was like i I couldn't pick up the phone the thought of picking up the phone and calling someone was so overwhelming it would make me nauseous Mm um you know i feel very lucky that there are people in my life my friend sarah included who stuck by me Mm -hmm. who when i came out and said here's what's been going on they forgave me for, you know, disappearing, disappearing, and, you know, or seemingly not disappear. You know, just for not holding up my end of the friendship for that time. Oh my period. gosh! But with friends, like, <laughs> but who does? I mean, honestly, and even when there's not a postpartum, you know, situation, like who really is like the best friend all the time? Like we all fail in some way at our friendships. Yeah. So yeah, it's great that you had friends who were willing to um, understand and stick by you. Yeah. But I think that for me, that was the scariest part was that I was a person who considered myself to be an excellent friend yeah. and very reliable. I would yeah. drop anything for you. I would show up when you needed me. And when I stopped being able to show up for people, that's hard. That was like, that felt like the biggest loss. Yeah. Was that I was like, I don't know who I am if I'm not supporting other people. Um, and, you know, I think that was part of the problem. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it, it, it sounds like, you know, it, it, I obviously haven't, you know, been through this, so I don't want in any way, you know, uh, belittle it in any way, but no. it sounds like it was just one thing sort of piling on top of another, like guilt and, you know, anger. Yeah, and things like job loss yeah. are, are put you at risk for postpartum mm-hmm. depression. Things like major life changes, things like being in, under financial stress, those put you at risk. Right. So you, women in underserved communities have a much higher rate of postpartum depression. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Because all of those factors Yeah, all play. of those. It's yeah. the scariest thing that could ever happen to you, and your, your life is changing forever. Mm-hmm. And it's out of your control at a certain point. And 
you want to do right by this child. You want to provide the best life possible. But sometimes it feels like there are so many things stacked against you. And I think the more things that are in reality stacked against you, the more likely you are to, you know, slip into that place. So where do you see um, this story going? I know since you're coming back to your storytelling, you know, your screenwriting. So where do you see? Because it seems like, um, at least from what I've read online about it, like some people go, oh, I had it for a couple of years or I had it for Mm -hmm. six months or had it X amount of time. And, you know, I know you said that you struggle with it for quite a bit longer. And um, where do you see this story going? Do you see... Um, I know you're going to be doing a, a charity walk or a hike. I am. Yeah, I am. Thank you, Heather. On June 18th, <laughs> it's called Climb Out of the Darkness. Yes. And it's happening all over the world. It's part of an incredible organization that saved my life, literally saved my life, called Postpartum Progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done it for the last, I want to say this is the fourth year, but I could be wrong. It might be the, th- the fifth year. I think it's the fourth. <laughs> I want to say it's the fourth year. Yeah. And... Um, it keeps this incredible organization going. It, yeah. it, in the last three years, they've been able to go from a one-person operation to a five-person operation with a fully functioning board. They have ambassadors that reach out to moms that are struggling. It's really incredible what they do. That's great. And for me, I would not be alive if I did not have a community of women who understood what I was going through. Right. I had postpartum depression and postpartum OCD. And the OCD was I was obsessed with how shitty I was. Um, so. You were just constantly beating just yourself Just all day up. long. Oh. Every day. They have more than me. They're better than me. They're smarter than me. I'm failing at this. Oh, my God. And to be in Hollywood in a town where everybody is constantly flaunting, flaunting. how great oh. everything is about their life. And especially online as a mommy blogger where, like we said at the beginning of the show, everybody just posts the highlights, the best 10% of -hmm, their lives online. mm -hmm. So it seems like everybody's living such wonderful, fantastic lives to be watching that happen and going through something like that. would must've been awfully difficult. It was, it was crazy. You know, it was, I mean, mental illness is a crazy thing Mm -hmm. and, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't use the word crazy, crazy. but I do all the time. I'm sorry. I know it's a word that someone called me out on it recently. I was like, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you as a parent? And she was like, well, I hate to use the word crazy. And I was like, Oh, you're totally right. And I should know that, but that's okay. Sometimes words are, are, they apply. Like sometimes things are crazy. I say crazy and insane all day long and I am crazy and insane and it's fine. No one judge us for using the word crazy. All right. Um, But what were we talking about? Um, (laughs) (laughs) My glass of wine is almost empty. I know. More wine. Um, No, we're just talking about your, your climb out, your postpartum. So so climb out. Yeah. So if you want to know about, more about Climb Out of the Darkness or donate to the cause, which I really hope you do. You can go to the 818.com right now, and it's on the front page. Yeah. Um, or you can go to postpartumprogress.org. And if you're struggling with postpartum depression, the most important thing you can do is meet other moms who have been there and who are there. So if you're in L.A. and you are in that place, please consider coming on June 18th to Griffith Park. And meeting other moms who have gone through what you're going through and survived it 
which you will do. You will survive it. I think that's important too, is to let people know there is light at the end of the tunnel. Even if that tunnel seems so far and long and so far and long, but you know, in the six, my daughter's going to be seven this year in the six years that I have been dealing with mental health issues. I started my own business. Mm -hmm. I was able to become complete. Ooh, I hear a baby cry. I'm always chanting. It's almost her bedtime, so she's probably like, why can't mommy put me to bed? Um, Suck it up, Chanting. We're talking. We're talking talking about mommy stuff Um, right now. So you Um, were able to, yeah. You know, I was able to build a business. I was able to get a job at BuzzFeed. That's amazing. So I've had a lot of incredible things happen in my life during that time, not to mention I have an incredible daughter who I wouldn't trade back for anything in the world. Um, so, you know, I think that there are there are a lot worse things that can happen to you than dealing with depression right. or dealing with OCD. Um, and as long as you know that you're not alone in that and as long as you have a community of people who get that, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be just fine. I think... And just don't let anyone shame you. Fuck yeah, that. There's no yeah. shame in it. It's, it's just... Li- I mean, life is, life is hard. You should be shamed if you're wearing, like, t- uh, pants that are too tight. Or like, oh my God, buy clothes in your size. Buy clothes in your size, but you should not feel shame for uh, for having something that is um, uh, beyond your control, like an emotional reaction and feelings mm-hmm. and and um, things like that that happen beyond your control. Whenever you're pregnant, whenever you're in your after your postpartum, um, mm-hmm. those types of things. And I think it's really great that you're helping to get the word out about it because I've had Thank friends you. who, since I've had my baby, um, who have experienced it. And uh, one in seven women. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of us. That's like 15% of us. It is. It is. And it's a lot of those are the people that are talking about it or being, you're acknowledging I think there's probably some women that don't recognize what it is that's happening to them. Honestly. I think a lot of people just feel like, oh, motherhood is really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's not untrue. It is really hard. Being a parent is really hard. But if you if you feel miserable more often than you feel happy or if you're unable to feel happy that... Mm -hmm is more than just things happening in your life. That's more than just like hard (laughs) mom stuff, lack of sleep, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I really do want to encourage everybody to um, go to Morgan's blog, the 818.com. She has posted some information on there about her climb out. And what's the hashtag? Climb out? Climb out, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's what you wrote across in blazing. That is what I write. That is what I wrote you on did. my chest in my Facebook profile. I love picture. it. Um, so everybody, make sure you go. And you check know, out. I think the hashtag is actually COTD twenty sixteen. Oh, what did you? Did I read something? No, I wrote climb chest? out. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I just might like, be, I just do what I want. Fuck it, I'm rewriting this. <laughs> I'm writing a better hashtag because honestly, it's a better hashtag. Climb out is a better hashtag. It's a little more memorable. Just saying. Um, what can we expect to see on BuzzFeed in the next like few weeks? Do you guys go day by day in terms of like what's what the kids are talking about, what the parents are talking oh about? There's so much mom stuff that's about to explode, like with bad moms coming out. Mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. the parents, which was written by men, by a couple of dudes. I know. I mean, it's, hi, Morgan Shanahan available for hire. I know. Uh, there's, <laughs> I, I just honestly do not understand <laughs> how that happened exactly, but I'm curious to see the but movie. I love Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis. Yeah. And Catherine Hahn. And, and I, mean, I think let's talk about, I mean, Catherine Hahn's amazing, but let's talk about Mila Kunis. I mean, come I'm on. not a fan. Right. Like, I'm a, I think she is gorgeous, but when I think of like um, a harried mom who is like stressed out and having a shitty day, mm-hmm. I do not think of Mila Kunis. I like her because she, she, got up and did this like we are not pregnant speech 
on one of the top, like late night talk shows that she right. did while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, girl? I think we would be friends. You're cool. Right. She <laughs> seems like she's cool. I just think in terms of casting, it's maybe mm-hmm. not. That's like, that's Hollywood's version of the harried mom, in my right. opinion, of this like gorgeous, breathtaking. Right. You know, she would definitely be 60 pounds heavier. In right. Life. Exactly. In my world, she would be eating Oreos and like be super skinny and like whatever. My daughter, I'm, my daughter told my husband to put the Oreos somewhere where I couldn't find them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is rude. That's so rude. She should be grounded for right? that. She is grounded. How dare you? And then she found the open Milano's bag. Oh, no. I love Milano's. On my nightstand, which is so bad. Oh, my God. I oh, love it. I have. It was empty and she was like, mommy. Oh, no. I only had one of these. I wanted some of these too. And you were like, go to your room. Nothing to like, see here. You're punished. I have some Milanos <laughs> in my cupboard. I'm we're not going to lie. You were going to eat them. At, exactly. Um, I am so grateful that you came by to come and be on my little podcast. Me too. This has been so much fun. So- and I feel like we've literally covered the gamut of Hollywood at pregnancy and everything. And everything. And so what are you going to see on BuzzFeed in the next few weeks? You're yeah. going to see an incredible video called things that only happen when you give birth at home birth at home oh yeah and it stars an incredible actress who could it be named heather brooker heather brooker (laughs) um i've heard of her she sounds amazing and really skinny um (laughs) she's both of those she's both of those things uh thank you so much for coming on my show and letting me just stick around with you for an hour i appreciate it it's been so much fun thank you for having me everybody go and check out morgan on twitter at the 818 Mm-hmm. on twitter at M- at the 818 i'm at the 818 on all social media on all social media and then um buzzfeed parents mm-hmm. uh, as well you don't go to the regular buzzfeed nobody needs that just go to the parents one buzzfeed and support parents morgan. you can yeah. check out buzzfeed video on facebook you'll see me there oh yeah yeah, yeah. lots of morgan videos there mm-hmm. so everybody go and do that support morgan um honestly oh, everybody's probably you. already <laughs> everybody's probably already on there because you have millions of followers um <laughs> and while you're on the interweb make sure you also go to motherhood in hollywood on facebook and instagram and mih podcast on the twitter twatter and don't forget to subscribe to motherhood in hollywood on uh itunes if you haven't already sorry the wine just hit me hello make sure you subscribe uh to motherhood in hollywood and please share the show with your friends i would really appreciate it me too oh yeah thanks morgan morgan would also appreciate it. i would appreciate it a lot (laughs) all right we're gonna go have some milanos and maybe finish this bottle of wine sound good yeah. And um, you got to tell me who was the hamster guy. Oh, my God. Isn't that embarrassing? It's amazing. My car smelled like hamster. Ugh, so bad. <laughs> I was like 22. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. I can't wait. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.